This week on a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer, we're talking about our favorite movie heist sequences. Hello and welcome to yet another very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosendahl. I am Patrick Brown. I could not be any more John Rooney. And today, in advance of next week's full-length podcast, where we discuss the skydiving heist action extravaganza drop zone, this week on our mini-sode we are discussing our favorite movie heist sequences. You know, heists. It's the things where groups of guys get together and steal things. There's usually some kind of a funky bass beat to accompany the explanation. Yeah, Yeah, there's always a montage where they set up the heist and put the team together. And one hell of an Ella Fitzgerald. And there's always an Ella Fitzgerald. Is that a euphemism that I'm not aware of? No, that's from Ocean's 11 or 12. We talked about this. We need a bombshell. Sure, we talked uh, about this uh, off record IRL, but the only Ocean's movie I've seen is Ocean's 13, which was awful. Well, I gotta tell you, John, if you'd watch anything other than Star Wars on repeat and what we watch for the podcast... Uh, then how would I have time to watch Star Wars all the time? (laughs) If I stopped stopping, if I stopped watching Star Wars, I wouldn't be watching Star Wars anymore. And you would have not enriched my life with that great monologue about when the droids totally Uh, learned to feel pain. That was not recorded on this podcast. The audience will never hear it. Stay tuned till after the credits. Ah. James Bond will return in a dorky explanation of Star Wars. In the island of too many bombs. (laughs) That'll be for our premium subscribers. (laughs) We'll pay you not to put this in your feed. (laughs) All right. Patrick, what's your favorite movie heist sequence? Oh, you know, this was I was going back and forth because my favorite thing that ever happened in a heist was from the remake of The Italian Job where they dropped the armored truck down through a highway oh, onto yeah. another highway. And that's like my favorite thing that's ever happened in a heist. But for the whole sequence, I kind of have to go with Heath Ledger's Joker in the beginning of uh, the Batman movie where oh, he systematically Knight. kills everybody he's working with. That's great because it's a heist within a heist. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually thought, I think that off the top of my head, that's my favorite right there. And it made him immediately terrifying. Yeah, he's Because awesome. you could see that he was a remorseless killer with an absolutely unmatched intellect. Right, and then you even get to the end where the guy, the banker guy is like, do you even know who owns this bank? And it's even more dangerous, you know? Yeah, because he's robbing mob. a mob bank. Yeah. Who yep. does that? The Joker does in Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like not and only it's that, it's just a great fast-paced scene of like professionals doing stuff and then getting killed. It's an amazing twenty-minute short yeah. unto itself. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That's yeah. mine. Yeah. It's so great. And then the IMAX too. It was shot in the IMAX big format. Oh yeah, it was yeah. gorgeous. Oh, yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, and it's a great introduction to probably my favorite version of the Joker that we've seen yet so far. Yeah, I think yeah. Mark Hamill still edges him out just ever so slightly because we get to spend more time with the animated Joker. Yeah. Sure, of course, of course. But uh, Heath Ledger is absolutely hands down my favorite live action. He's so good. He's not even close. Really yeah, great. He's really great. Uh, John, your favorite movie heist sequence. So my favorite movie heist sequence is incredibly irritating because it's a brilliant, wonderful sequence that is just shoved into a giant piece of shit, awful movie. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of a more of a getaway sequence, but it's the beginning of the movie Drive, where the driver drives some driving. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, it is incredibly tense. It is beautifully shot. Uh, the soundtrack is actually appropriate, unlike the rest of the fucking movie. 
Um, but basically, the driver has been hired as a getaway driver for this, like, I guess, like a... Not it's like a, a two-bit, like... Yeah, like a shitty, like, pawn shop, basically? No, I, I think they're, it's like a warehouse or something yeah, like it's, that. It's yeah. inconsequential, and it is not getting anybody that big of a payday, but no. his drive is amazing, because he is not only evading police cruisers, he is evading police helicopters... And he's doing it very methodically, very calm. He doesn't even ever actually speed. He does a couple of quick lane changes. But the brilliant part is he's got the baseball game on the whole time. Basketball. It's a or clip, basketball, yeah. right. It's a Clippers game, I think. Yep. Uh, and you're just like, that's kind of a weird character beat that's like interesting, that gives him some flavor. But the you find out the reason why is because he's timing his getaway to the stadium letting out so that he can park his car into that packed parking lot full of people, get out, and just walk away with the crowd. It is absolutely wonderful. It is brilliant. It is so good. And the rest of the movie is as terrible and unwatchable <laughs> as that sequence is great. Like, I I've never hated Albert Brooks and been so dispassionately apathetic about a Bryan Cranston performance in my life than this fucking pretentious... <laughs> It is pretension to the point of insufferability on par with, like, the worst of David Lynch. Oof. Wow. Oof. Wow. Coming out Oof. swinging. Oof. Man. Yikes. Uh, I would like to take this opportunity to apologize for my hyperbole to Mr. David Lynch. Inland Empire is wonderful. I will hug you for Twin Peaks. That's all I gotta say. Uh. I, I, I David say, Lynch, write in and let me know when I can hug you. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if I want to read a David Lynch letter. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> a David Lynch tweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say this about Drive before I move on. Uh, I, I actually do kind of like that movie um, because... Yeah, and that's why we're mortal enemies. Right. Uh, <laughs> because for me, it's like a perfect like genre pastiche of like dumb 80s like action movies like being like torn down and rebuilt in this like very artificial sense. Um... It is very pretentious and it, it just, is very it arty. It thinks it's so smart, but oh, it's not no, I know. saying anything intelligent. Right. And I don't and I think that's kind of the point. I think that's the idea is that like he's the main character, the driver. He doesn't even have a name. He, and like it even has the super on the nose song like a real human being, a real hero. Like he doesn't gain his humanity until he meets this this lady who's already married and like, you know, he's definitely trying to like steal from her husband. And I just don't buy it at all cuz he like hangs out with her kid once and is like, well, now I have a reason to exist and I feel love all the time. This is great. And I'm like, no, you don't. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I, li I like the music in the movie. I like the action. I don't know. I, th I think it's an all right movie. I'm not going to sit here and say it's the greatest movie of all time. It's not. But, eh, I like it. I haven't seen it. I give it three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. Mark, your favorite heist sequence in a movie. Mine is actually kind of uh, kind of like John's, not uh, an explicit heist, but mine is the uh, the escape sequence in the movie Argo. Oh yeah, yeah, which is a like, heist of people. Yeah, <laughs> so like Argo is based on a true story about uh, uh, people about super Americans doing American stuff only by themselves with absolutely no help from the Canadian government. Correct, right? Yeah. right. Basically, uh, people at the, uh, the American teachers 
and uh, people in, uh, working in Iran at this time uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, they're taken hostage or about to be taken hostage. A lot of them are being killed. Yeah, they're and they, in the embassy during yes. the revolt of 1979. Yeah, 1979. Okay. And they take refuge in the Canadian embassy uh, and there's like this big try, like thing to try and sneak them out and it involves creating like a fake movie company and a fake movie and a script. It is great. Things. Jack Kirby is involved in some of the fake uh, production art for yes. it. Which I desperately want to see that. Why is that not in a museum right now? Yeah, I would love to see Jack Kirby pooping out some fake concept art for a movie that would never exist. Yeah, but for me, like the it's definitely like the end bit where they finally like they're told that the the mission's a no go and they can't do it. And he's like, "No, fuck it, we're fucking doing this." And they sneak out, and it's like this big race. Uh, you know, for, you know, Affleck uh, and his guys getting them to the airport and trying to get them through security with their passports and everything. Meanwhile, it's the guys at the CIA trying to get a hold of the fake movie company to let them know, though, to answer the phone because we're going to, we're actually doing this. And it's super tense and it's very, uh, it's very uh, kinetic. Uh, and isn't, that, isn't that uh, Alan Arkin? As yeah, Alan Arkin. Yeah. And he is, it, cut, it keeps. Cutting back to him when he's supervising on set. No, he's trying, to, trying get to get back. through. Yeah, right. him and John, him and John Goodman are trying to get back to and their. They office. are both delightfully cantankerous during the whole section when they're trying yeah. to get back to their office in the midst of this incredibly tense and taut moment that is literally life and death. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's so well directed and so well acted, and um, I, don't know, I love that movie. And yes, it's full of. Gross historical inaccuracies, <laughs> uh, and which, uh, with a Canadian wife, like I have to like say yes, the Canadians did pretty much ninety percent of the exfiltration. It was kind of called the Canadian caper, right? Uh, <laughs> and it was just like that one guy who like helped them because that was his speciality. Yeah, but it was mostly the Canadians who did it. But that being said, the movie is a great example, of just a taut. Well-paced thriller, super cool end, uh, and like when we saw it in the theater, when the plane finally like takes off, and like the Iranians are ch- literally chasing after it, they're like about to shoot it out, like shoot it down, and it gets away. Someone in the theater fucking started clapping, <laughs> like they were like they were like, oh my god, they got away! I did it. What happened? Well, I think for me, the moment of great emotional catharsis was when they're on the plane, and it's still incredibly tense because it could be turned around at any moment right. and you hear over the loudspeaker we have left Iranian airspace you may now smoke and drink and it's just like I have never wanted to smoke and drink for freedom yeah. more than right now in this moment we did it guys like they cut away but I guarantee you there was a fucking orgy on that plane <laughs> as soon as they got out everyone was just like dicks out <laughs> just yeah jacking it all over I will the say place. that movie also has one of my favorite like training montages where uh, Affleck is teaching them how to lie their way through security. And he's just, I love when he's just grilling the one guy who's just like, what's your name? What's your middle name? What's your wife's name? Shoot him, he's a spy. Because he's not answering quick enough. And it's just, it's such a great little moment that really establishes what these guys are going to be up against and does a great job of uh, really raising the stakes. Fantastic movie. Love that movie. It's super good. Yeah. Uh, any honorable mention? Uh, I would like to honorably mention, uh, this is a meta reference, but the episode of Community where they do an Ocean's Eleven to rescue the Dean from campus. Oh, okay. Uh, right. It's great because it's a pastiche of heist movies inside of this great device for deconstructing pop culture that was Community. 
Uh, and it's just, it's great. It does that thing where they're explaining the heist as it's happening, and then there's a point where it's supposed to look like it's failing, but that's when it's actually succeeding, but then it actually fails for real and there's a lightsaber fight. Oh! <laughs> it is real great. Uh, it is a packed to the brim with laughs and gaffs, and if you're not careful, you just might learn something. All right. Might you? <laughs> You. <laughs> you might learn that the community is great, and oh, you should watch it. I totally it's a had real an honorable funny. mention. My honorable mention would probably be the Lufthansa heist from Goodfellas, um, which Ooh, you don't yeah. you don't see a whole lot of yeah. the heist, but you see a lot of the planning of it, and then even more so, I love it's the aftermath of it of like <laughs> just like shitty wise guys like blowing their money on shit, and then a Eric Clapton scored murder spree. Yeah. They're all being put down. All it's so great. Off, yeah. That is, I mean, Goodfellas hands down is my favorite movie of all time, and in my opinion, the greatest movie of all time. It is um, definitely fantastic. But uh, yeah, you there's you can't talk me out of it. You can make any case for any other movie, and that's fine. I won't disagree with but you. It's good I will say, yeah. uh, spoiler alert for uh, like what thirty year old movie at this point. Yeah. Uh, sure. But Joe Pesci's death scene in that is unbelievable. Oh, it's it is so, so good because he is so high on life. He yep. is so ready yeah. to get made, and then like nothing, just shot in the back of the head. Yeah. Uh, he literally all he gets is that. Oh no! And yeah. just bop. That's it. It is so wonderfully oh, pathetic and yeah. and depowering for that character. <laughs> who have you you've seen been just an unrepentant monster right. the entire movie? When it's the only time really in the movie you see anyone else show like real emotion. When yeah. you see De Niro getting the call on the phone. Like, when he's like, oh, oh did you get yeah. made and everything? And when he finds out what happened, just, like, the Loses sadness it, and yeah. the anger and rage and just, like, hammering on this phone. And, like, that is, like, that downward spiral for all these guys. Because up until this point, the whole movie has been like, hey, isn't it great to be a fucking mob guy? <laughs> yeah, right. And then after this... We're in prison. We get free garlic. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, after that, it's just like, oh, Jesus Christ, everything's terrible. And there's that horrifying moment where De Niro is trying to kidnap Ray Liotta's wife and he's just like ah there's some free dresses in the warehouse yeah, just, go in. Your furs. just go in just keep going it's right down there and it is just, just the corner. so unsettling and it's just like an open room with like meat packers yeah yeah, it's it's so good. Oh, that's a fantastic fucking movie. It really is. Um, what I love is the brief story about that is when Scorsese was at the premiere, he was with the guy whose book that was based on. Nick Pileggi. And he turns over. Oh, no, uh, uh, Henry Hill. Yeah, yeah. And, and he basically, Scorsese turns over him and says, I, I should have changed that opening shot. And he's like, Marty, it's done. It's finished. What do you want to do? And he's like, yeah, but it'll never be perfect. And I'm like, Martin Scorsese, you lovable goof, it is perfect. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, Why couldn't you go back and fix Gangs of New York <laughs> by taking Cameron Diaz out of it? Uh, in like two and a half hours. Yeah. Oh, Patrick. I was going to give my honorable mention to Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Bears. Oh, yeah. That's a It's a movie one that too. I like a lot. Actually, a lot of those uh, like early Guy Ritchie, yeah. uh, gangster movies, Matthew, yeah. even Matthew Vaughn when Layer he cake, got Layer yeah. Cake. Yeah. Layer Cake has some great sequences in it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, that like late '90s, early 2000s British gangster stuff had some fantastic yeah, pretty sequences. Good, yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, guys, that's it for our favorite movie heists. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. 
You're listening to the soft and quiet sounds of John Rooney. We'll be back on The Quiet Storm. We got some free jazz coming up, a little Nora Jones for you. And, uh, hey, we might even play something new, because I'm just kind of feeling in that mood. So stay tuned to that dial. We'll be right back. Jazz, 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 jazz,